back. This is Dumb on the Ump, Season 4, Episode 30. I was Mark Anthony, Vivio Mi Vida, walking us on tonight. Ladies and wow. gentlemen, well, yeah, right? Get you going. Yeah. We're ready to yeah, go. I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for tuning in tonight. Uh, it is Wednesday, very rare Wednesday evening podcast, August 29th. Uh, tuning in from Champaign, Illinois, my name is Joel. Uh, with me once again is Eli. Eli, how is it going? Hey, Joel. I'm doing pretty well. Um, I'm coming at you from the PVD per usual. And uh, my hot take this week is that the sky is falling. <laughs> the Red Sox, for the very first time in the 2018 MLB season, have lost a series to none other than the uh, Tampa Bay Rays, who are currently 20 games behind the Red Sox. Not even a contender. Uh, and thus, um, the sky is falling on all of Red Sox Nation. Yeah. Our lead over the Yankees has slipped from its typical nine games down to six and a half. And we are struggling against... The Miami Marlins, Ooh. the worst team Ooh. in the world. <laughs> so, it's been a tough week, Joe. What can I say? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say that. Uh, that's that's uh, ironic, I guess, because it's been a good week for the White Sox. Uh, but let me. I, I'll we'll talk about that later. My hot take for the week is my mother is coming to visit me. This for Labor Day weekend here in Champaign. And I purchased us tickets to go see the University of Illinois Collegiate Football Squad on oh. Saturday. And that will be my first U of I football game that I've ever attended. They will be squaring off against Kent State of the MAC. I believe this is the only game that the University of Illinois will be favored in for the entirety of the season. Wait, so let me get this straight. Your mother is coming into town, and your plan is to go to tailgate happy drinking and drugs <laughs> a galore oh, yeah. collegiate football game. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's Bold gonna, move. It's I like it. Fun. Oh, yeah, you... You've met Chris. You haven't met Chris, have you? You gotta meet Chris. She, she's. It's gonna be a good time. We're gonna have a very fun time. Excellent. Yeah. So yeah, shout out. We'll talk about that college football starting up this weekend, week one. Of course, college football being that bizarro sport that it is, already had a week zero. So this is week one. Last weekend was week zero. And they play games on Week Zero, games that actually do count. We'll talk about that later. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for listening. Um, most of you are probably listening to us either on SoundCloud or Apple iTunes. Uh, so thank you very much. If you want to get in touch with us, you can uh, tweet at us at Dump on the Ump. Email us, dumpontheump.gmail.com, or um, check us out on Facebook. We have a Facebook page, just search Dump on the Ump. Uh, so we didn't have the, the massive international viewing this week that we had the week before, Eli. But shout out to our number one city for last week's podcast, Everett, Washington. Home of the Everett Aqua Sox, the Seattle Mariners single A affiliate. Oh, well, hello, Everett. Yeah. Everett. That might be a first for Washington, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, the Aqua Sox are, as I said, the Mariners single A team. They have a pretty badass logo. It's like a frog, like a rainforest frog on a tree. It's pretty cool, I thought. 
Aqua socks, huh? Aqua socks, yeah. That makes me think of those, you know, those footwear shoes that you can wear into rivers and stuff that are shaped <laughs> perfectly to your feet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's less cool. <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. No, there are Apple socks somewhere. There's a lot of minor league socks, aren't there? Yeah, well, socks in general, white socks, red socks, this socks, that socks. Which is funny because when baseball started, and there's probably an explanation for why that is, but back in the day, everyone wore stirrups. Oh, yeah. Huh. That's an interesting point. I never thought of it that way. Hmm. Yeah, there's the Wenatchee apple socks. Um... And there's a pot, the paw socks. Not pot, paw socks. Paw socks. Paw socks. Are they moving? Who are soon to become the blue socks. So what, tell me about that. What's going on? So the AAA affiliate to the Boston Red Sox, the Pawtucket Red Sox, known uh, colloquially as the paw socks, has been playing in... Rhode Island in a in a city that's close by to the capital for quite some time, um, and has been playing in this stadium since the 1970s. They, after uh, long negotiations and battles with state and local officials to try and get a new stadium, uh, got a much sweeter deal in a city about 40 miles north in Massachusetts called Worcester, oh. and is moving the franchise there. I've been to Worcester. 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 <laughs> Worcester. The second, second largest city in uh, New England, apparently. Really? In, I knew Massachusetts. I, yeah, that makes sense. Larger yeah, than any city in Connecticut. That's the rumor. I, yeah. I haven't, I haven't yeah. delved into that one yet yeah. to figure it out, but that's the rumor. No, that makes sense. Anyways, it'll be a serious end of the air. They'll be playing in, as the Paw Sox until 2020 before moving and becoming the Woo Sox. Yeah, I was going to say the Woo Sox. The... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Worcester. I've taken a road trip to Worcester before and sat for a very long time in a car in a abandoned parking lot for a very long time in the middle of the night. That was when... <laughs> I feel like we need to unpack that one a little bit. I don't think it would be appropriate to relay over the internet. Let's just say we drove three hours. My friend got out of the car. I sat in the car for several hours. My friend got back in the car and then we drove back home. That was my experience in Worcester, Massachusetts. Your friend must have mistakenly thought that the Pawsax has already moved there. <laughs> I thought we were going to a baseball game <laughs> at 2 in the morning. <laughs> well, I'm sure you got the full flavor of Worcester. I think I did. I really yeah. do think I did. <laughs> uh, shout out to Worcester. Uh, <laughs> All right, so Everett Washington was number one on our listening. Number two, London, England. Good yeah. Now, Sam is still in Ireland? That's correct. Yeah. So, he's going to have a lot to get caught up on when he gets back stateside. Oh, no. He needs to come back stat because yeah. the Red Sox are sucking and the White Sox are ruling. <laughs> right. It's like the world that's yeah. turned upside down, Joel. <laughs> exactly. Well, and he's in Ireland, so maybe they're sticking it to the imperialists down, down in England. Apparently, he's drinking a lot and talking to people about Brexit, right? That's right. In fact, he's bringing it up in every conversation, so much so that his travel companion has texted me not once, but twice about it. <laughs> Excuse me. Well, be careful, Sam. Uh, Champaign, Illinois, number three. Yeah, I just... Sat at home and listened to a podcast for a while. Newburyport, Massachusetts. Welcome. Seattle, Washington, number five. So we've got some listeners in Seattle and in Everett, uh, WA. And I don't know. Well, I'm thanks not, for the love, Washington. 
Yeah, yeah. Thank, doubly thanks for the love, but the Mariners are now, they, they just keep kind of sliding further and further behind Oakland. Um, they're seven games behind the Astros and five and a half behind the Athletics, who have been making a serious push for the AL West uh, division crown. What do you think about that? Oakland? Yeah. Uh, they're really impressive. I saw a statistic this morning that said that Oakland is plus 75 in the seventh inning and on, which is oh, wow. the number one um, team in the MLB. Wow. Which is really impressive because you think of sort of, you don't think of Oakland as a late team clutch ball ball. You know, ball club, but so do you think that that's actually a strategy or a tactic? I mean, how do you do that? I mean, over an extended period of time, how do you say, okay, guys, we're gonna get them in the seventh or eighth inning? I'm sure that there's some sabermetric <laughs> answer to that, uh, but to me, anyways, totally unscientific. <laughs> it just tells me that. They can score late in in the ball game against people's bullpens, right? Okay. Yeah. So typically, you're not looking at the starter in the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning. Right. So it means that for whatever reason, the uh, Oakland A's are having a and maybe you know maybe if you delved into the statistics, it would show that they're really running up the pitch count for starting pitchers, so they're getting to bullpens quicker. Yeah, um, but you know, I I would have to look at the stats to figure yeah, that out. That would be interesting. Yeah, um, Houston finally is healthy though. They've got Springer, Correa, and Altuve all back, all playing for the first time in at least a month. So I feel like Oakland has kind of had an advantage making this run on the on the Strohs when at, Houston's had a lot of guys on the DL. Um, True. I mean, I, 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 you know, Houston's quote unquote only eighty one and fifty one. Um, but I, I still that's pretty darn good. That's pretty, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, nine and a half behind Boston. There, there are three games worse than the Yankees. Even though the Yankees are not atop the division. Um, I guess I'm just bringing that up that I'm not quite ready to sell my stock in the Houston Astros. They're still a team with that starting rotation. If you move McCullers or Keuchel or someone into the bullpen in a five or seven game series, uh, that's a that's a Houston team I really would hesitate to play against in the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. I, uh, I think I've been saying it since the, the start of the season that the uh, no matter how well the Red Sox do or any other team does, I still think that the AL East or the AL comes through Houston. Yeah, I think you're right about that. They are the champ, the defending champs. Yeah, yeah, and they've shown most recently that they can perform in postseason ball. And their team is not that different than it was last year. Right. And they've got Garrett Cole. The, the, they got the difference Cole. is that they've got Garrett Cole. Mm -hmm. uh, number six, Mexico City. Um, hola! Yeah, hola. Uh, I've never been there. Have you ever been there? I haven't. Yeah. It's humongous, though. Yeah. Giant. Yeah. Big it's, soccer. Big soccer city. Soccer city in, like, a, I mean, Mexico's a baseball country, right? True. I mean, so soccer's number one, Grant. Yeah. 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 yeah Baseball is pretty big there. Last season, I believe, what, what was it? The New Orleans Saints had a game down in Mexico City? Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. Some team did. Maybe yeah. it was the Broncos? No, I think yeah, it might have been, Yeah, I think Saints, definitely. Maybe the Texans? I don't know. I, I, I still don't know. I mean, you know, I'm not a big NFL guy. But I don't know how I feel about these exhibition games being played internationally. 
in London or Mexico City. Um, I don't know how... We've talked about this a lot of times, about how uh, NFL football or American football just in general is such an American sport with what with the violence, the violence and the smashing and, oh, the concussions. Um, and I just don't know if how much other nations and cultures buy into that. Oh, give me a break. What about what? rugby? Rugby's like football <laughs> without pads. Yeah. Have <laughs> you ever seen Australian rule football? Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's we're, like so dangerous. All right. So here's what we're gonna do. Here's here's my idea. A home and home between the New England Patriots and the New Zealand All Blacks, and they play one American football game and one rugby game. One I'd game. like to see some of those rugby boys in in, uh, in American football t- pads, you know, because yeah. they already look like they're wearing football pads. They're huge. Yeah. Uh, some guy got drafted, actually. I, uh, I'm not going to look it up yet, but a uh, some, like, six foot ten rugby guy got drafted by the NFL to play defensive lineman. He's just massive. Really? Yeah. He's, like, Polynesian. Um, I'm going to finish out some, some cities because some of these, you know, Providence, Rhode Island's up there. Regina, Hello. Canada, shout out. Guaymas, Mexico, so another Mexican city. We, we got some Mexican listeners. Thanks very much. And uh, motherfucking Ithaca, New York. And so here's my thought. Is this the John? first time that Jesse has listened to the podcast? Oh. Jesse, yeah. Wow. Hey, Jesse. What's up? Like Ithaca? What? Never see that in our viewership cities. Huh. Well, it's nice of you to tune in, Jesse. Yeah. We have been rooting for the Mariners in your absence. Right. Right. And it's not looking good, but they've still got a chance. Haven't given up faith yet. Um, Rounding out the top 20, uh, Moscow, Idaho. Shout out to Moscow, Idaho. That sounds actually pretty cool. Uh, University of Idaho, I believe, is there. Chicago, Amsterdam, still hanging out. Not We're not as big in Amsterdam as we were last week, but... Somebody in Amsterdam is still listening to us. Chicago, Illinois, and Brooklyn, New York. So thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Check us out. Tell your friends. uh, Tell your enemies to listen to us. Because there is no greater curse than having to listen to an hour-long meandering podcast about baseball and other things. Yeah, don't tell mommy. Don't tell mommy. Well, I will. My mom's going to hang out next week. Find out on the podcast. Um, dude, Eli, the White Sox have like won a couple games. Yeah. Yeah. Story. <laughs> yeah. Talk about them, Joel. What's the, what's the magic sauce here? So the magic sauce, they're up. The, the magic, okay, there's a lot of magic sauce going on. Magic size number one is that they called up pitcher Michael Kopech, who we talked a little bit about last week. He finally did get his first MLB win, so they're 2-0 and in his starts, and he has a 1-0 and MLB uh, career record at this point. I like him a lot. Of course, though, guess what happened when folks started digging through his uh, high school Twitter feed? You know... They they found some racist stuff. They found some homophobic stuff. And that's... I don't know. It's just what people have been doing. What what this generation of certain, you know, white kids from 2012 to 2014 have really been into. I had a couple of thoughts about that. First of all, the racist stuff was all N-word with the A ended. You know, so so there, 
there's something about the cultural appropriation there that's not quite okay, but also kind of hilarious. I don't know, I think he's growing up in Southern California, and he just thinks it's cool to call all of his, you know, his white Orange County friends the N-word with an A at the end. That's just what the kids are doing. And they don't know that that's not okay to do. The other thought I had was that this is a good month after what happened to Josh Hader and what happened to the guy who pitched for the Nationals, whose name I forget. And Kopech has been a hot commodity in AAA Charlotte for most of the season. And nobody thought to tell him, yo, you might want to go through your Twitter feed before you get called up. Like, he's been expecting to get called up for about two months now. <laughs> and yeah, no you would imagine that the minor league teams are sending memos around like crazy. <laughs> like, uh, Well, you know, this week uh, there was news that came out about J.D. Martinez's... Yeah. Uh, I think it was Facebook or maybe Twitter back in, you know, from six years ago, him quoting out some, um, some quote that is often incorrectly assigned to Hitler. Mm-hmm. And he was putting it out there as a defense of the second amendment yeah. because, um, JD Martinez, I also learned this week is a, Gun-touting yeah. Second Amendment. Yeah, he's a big Second advocate. Amendment guy. Uh-huh. <laughs> Who walks around <laughs> packing heat. Uh, where did he grow up? Is he from, like, Texas? His family is from Cuba, which was one of his, uh, which was part of his rationale for why he believes that self, mm-hmm. uh, um, arming yeah. is a good thing. And but I, I I'm not quite sure if he was also born there and came here or if his family had already come here before he was born. Yeah. But anyways, it it all goes to show that um, yeah, you are responsible for your comments today, tomorrow, and forevermore as long yeah. as they live on your social media yeah, platform. Exactly. That's why I only post pictures of my cats and potato soup recipes. <laughs> no, that's not true. I say, I say a lot of wild stuff on the internet. Um, one thing I struggled with as a fan, I found myself kind of reflexively or instinctively doing the exact same defenses of Kopech that I criticized Milwaukee fans and Washington fans of doing when their guys got caught with racist, misogynistic, and homophobic Twitter remarks. I was just telling myself, oh, he's just a kid, oh, he was just joking around with his other Twitter friends, making the same rationales without actually thinking about it that I was critiquing on the internet when these other guys were doing it. And I think that speaks to the power of fandom and the instinct to, you know, justify what's going on with your guy. Because... Michael Kopech is we're two and zero in games he started, and he is one and zero in MLB starts. And I really want this guy to be really good. I think I've settled on. He apologized. He didn't give kind of a half-assed "I'm sorry you were offended" or. Who is the the Washington Nationals player? Hmm. Nah, that's gonna bug me. Who got caught with? Uh, the it was homophobic, I think that he got caught with. And he actually uh, gave like a real apology, right? And, Trey, and, and, Trey Turner or whatever. Trey Turner, yeah, it was Trey Turner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So Kopech maybe didn't give as authentic of an apology as Trey Turner, but he did do a good, no, this is not okay, it's not just that I was young, but I'm going to try to make myself better. Uh, but this isn't going to end. We're going to find dozens, dozens and dozens of, of baseball players and other male athletes who are going to be posting this kind of language. I mean, imagine being, if you're a senior in high school right now, you've had Twitter since you were, what, nine years old? Or Twitter has existed since you were nine? 2008? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, eight or nine years old. So yeah. Twitter has existed for longer than your adolescence. And if you've had access to it, then... Basically, it's like live journal, except everyone can read it, and you're just cussing at people. Well, isn't that kind of interesting? Because we are sort of in this interesting stage right now where we lived before all of your shit was everywhere, uh-huh. and now after all of your shit is everywhere, right? Right. So we are, we are straddling the line of what it is to know what it was like when there were no repercussions to being a piece of shit. Right. And there is repercussions to right. being a piece of shit. And, and it's interesting to think about how that might change as a new generation that is wholly, you know, wholly exposed to life where everything is out on the table all the time might approach and think and act differently with the lens of you know, with with the with light shining so brightly upon them at all times, I just wonder. Yeah, you know, w- will it change eventually? Where if like I don't necessarily think that people are going to become inherently better, <laughs> <laughs> but they their approach to how they express themselves could certainly become less in your face or less open. Yeah. Yeah, and that'll be interesting if people, do you think as people grow older, they'll be more guarded about the things that they post on the internet, or do you think it will be, like, how will that change, especially in regards to a model like Twitter? Because the interesting thing about Twitter is... If you've only got a few dozen or a hundred followers like we do, it's almost like only a few private friends are reading what you're reading. And then you get famous and you have thousands or millions of followers and then suddenly everyone is reading what you're reading. And you go, because I think that's what's happened to these young baseball players and this does not excuse their actions, but when they posted those thoughts, they were thinking that maybe a few of their friends were going to read them and laugh at them. And then they blew up, became famous baseball players, and millions of people read them and did not laugh right. at them. Well, that's just the thing. You don't know that you don't know how big the world is until you're a part of that big world. <laughs> You know, think about yourself in high school, right? It's like no one knows or thinks about you, little old you. Yeah. You know? Right. And then all of a sudden you're making $30 million a year to hit a piece of you know, <laughs> string and rubber with a, with a wooden stick. <laughs> Sports is great. Which, which, which gets into the other part of this conversation, which is like, well, how much... Do their thoughts in right. of the past matter right. in the grand scheme of things? I mean, you know, this gets into, of course, the bigger conversation that's being had in the NFL or on the national anthem and, like, what is the role of athletes in our society um, beyond the lines of the, of the sport? Um, and I think that that's still being answered, you know? I think that's a really good point. My initial reaction was, well, I'm not going to vote for Michael Kopech for 
Senadu. He's his ability to throw a baseball 98 miles per hour is not affected by his thoughts about race or gender. But isn't Kurt Schilling thinking about running for office? Uh, he he announced, oh, I don't know, a year and a half ago that he was going to run against the Massachusetts senator, but um, he's not... Uh, He's not. I don't think he's at least registered for the race as of now. I think he could still run as an independent. But I, hmm. for some reason, I feel like he's not doing that anymore. Yeah, could be wrong. I mean, the president is a reality TV celebrity, right? So all bets are out the window. Uh, the governor of Minnesota was a professional wrestler. The governor of California was a TV actor. And they starred together in the movie Predator. So there's that. I can't think of the... <laughs> which is a good goddamn movie. We should have an entire podcast about the first Predator. I fucking love that movie. <laughs> how many movies... How many How many 1980s action films star two future U.S. governors? That's the question. <laughs> Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah. Can, can I just interject real quick? Yeah. Because um, since I was lamenting about how terrible the Red Sox are doing, uh-huh. I think that they may have heard me. <laughs> As we speak, they're playing the Marlins. And essentially, since I was bad-mouthing them so extremely at the beginning of this show, uh, they have... Currently scored seven runs in one inning, <laughs> and the eighth just came in. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So They're beating Miami eleven to five. So here's a question: totally shifting gears, doing a one hundred eighty degree turn in this podcast. Which member of the Boston Red Sox is the most likely to listen to our podcast? Brock Holt. Brock Holt. <laughs> No hesitation. Is Black Holt sitting in the dugout and going, Yo, guys! Yo, guys! Eli says we're sucking! We, we need to do something! He just hit a triple, so it must have been him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's awesome. Shout out to Black Holt. Yeah, well, it's definitely him because uh, whenever the Red Sox are doing something really funky or weird or just need someone to, like, play... The, the, you know, the, the, the stereotypical baseball player, I guess, and like off-field antics or whatever. It's always Brock Holt. <laughs> <laughs> Call him the Brock, the Brock star. The Brockometer. Hmm. What's the score right now? Wow, it's uh, it's, I can barely speak. If there's so much action going on right now. Uh, it's now at least 12 to 5. Um, yeah, another triple. Actually, it was a double and the right fielder. This is really getting into the Miami Marlins here. Uh-huh. Right fielder fielded it and brought it up to throw it and accidentally threw it behind his head. <laughs> you know, for as much shit as we've talked about the Miami Marlins this year, I would say they have actually overperformed expectations. Uh, they yeah. are, I believe, not in last place in their division right now. Oh, no, they are. My bad. I thought they were ahead of the Mets there, but now they're not. You know, they're at 398. Maybe they were just meeting expectations. They're only 22 games back. They're only tw- Well, they're not in the AL East. I mean, the Orioles are 52 games back. So they're doing 30 games better than Baltimore. That's true. Yeah. The grass is always greener. The grass is always greener. So I was listening to um, the Ringo.com's MLB show podcast, which is a difficult podcast for me to listen to uh, because the guys are really smart and have lots of intelligent and insightful things to say about the sport of baseball. But they're also super boring and have a very lame sense of humor. 
So they strike me as everything that's good and bad about baseball kind of simultaneously. So I was listening. They well embody the sport. They really do. They really do. They have a terrible, very corny sense of humor. Not like our sense of humor, which I think airs more towards the Monty Python-esque absurdist style, which is what makes baseball great. And also, they talk about sabermetrics in a super boring way. Unlike me, who just says, there's probably a sabermetric answer to this, but... <laughs> Do you think our audience gives a damn? Uh, maybe two of them do. But... <laughs> I bring this up because the MLB Ringer guys were playing an interesting game where they were playing a, a mock fantasy draft of the different playoff races. So essentially they were ranking playoff races in terms of excitement, interest, and competitiveness. And they broke it down into eight categories, the three divisions from each league, and then the two wild cards. So I kind of wanted to, to steal this idea from them and see what you thought about it. If you were ranking either the division races or the wild card races, uh, in your opinion, what is the most valuable based on excitement, interest, and competitiveness? <clears throat> well, right off the bat, I think we're probably talking about the NL West here, yeah. right? Because yeah. the Rockies, Diamondbacks, and Dodgers are all within a game of each other. Yeah. Um, and I think, like, last week we talked, Joel, we really have to spend some time on the NL West because um, <sighs> we, we really do never we, talk about Do we them. have to? <laughs> do we really have to, though? <laughs> well, they're probably it's probably the most exciting race right now. Uh <laughs> You know, I, I of course, am always going to be the most interested in the AL East, wow. uh, but that's just my homer view. And Yeah, but you uh, and, like, 60% of the nation, people bitch about why the Red Sox and the Yankees are always on ESPN. It's because there are more Red Sox and Yankees fans than every other fan base combined. Sorry. Keep going. No, yeah. that, that is a valid point, but, you know... As I was somewhat facetiously uh, yapping about at the beginning of the show, the Red Sox have, for, I, I don't know, four weeks, not been as close as six and a half games with the Yankees. Yeah. So it's not like every day is a nail-biter, whereas if you have three teams who are all within a game, game of each other... Yeah. You better believe that every single day that they show up to the ballpark, you know, that that could be the, the, the day that makes the difference, really. Mm, that's interesting. The NL, I mean, I'm sorry, the Ringer.com guys agreed with you that this was the most interesting uh, race. As of this second... Does was, that make me boring? Well, possibly. Possibly. <laughs> We'll, we'll, we'll get to that because the Diamondbacks are 72 and 60, the Rockies are 72 and 60, and the Dodgers are 71 and 61. So, as of this second, the Diamondbacks and the Rockies are tied, and the Dodgers are only a game back. And this is a long shot with San Francisco Giants at a perfect 567 and 67, are only six games back of the league which is not True. insurmountable. That's closer than the Red Sox to Yankees. Exactly. One point that the Winger guys said that I thought was very valid and interesting was one thing that makes this race particularly compelling is that the Dodgers, who are behind, are the favorites. So you have the underdogs trying to stave off, excuse me, the heavy favorite who's making a run to overtake them at the end of the season. Hmm. And that that is adds, that because the Dodgers have been somewhat slumping? Is that the rationale? 
The Dodgers at 71 and 61 have a run differential of plus 125, which is the best in the National League. The Diamondbacks are at plus 82, and the Colorado Rockies are at minus 13. Hmm. The Rockies are playing the Seattle Mariners of the National League, except they haven't gotten caught yet. So the question here is, can the Rockies overperform for the last 30 games of the season? I don't know the answer to that. The other thing is, I don't give a damn about the Arizona Diamondbacks. (laughs) That's only because we never talk about them, nor do we know anything (laughs) about them. This is is a real hole in our podcast coverage, I think. Arizona Diamondbacks. Who are they? Who are they? Does anybody go to baseball games in Phoenix? Why would you? I don't know. Guess it's better than golfing. Uh, They've got Goldschmidt. They've got Granky. They used to have Randy Johnson, so they've got to have something. Uh, Some years ago. Some years ago, right? Does he still play for the Diamondbacks? I don't know. Do you have a team you pull? I don't have a team I'm pulling for in this race. No, I I like you know this is purely purely my American League East right. Right. Uh, point of view here. But because Manny Machado went to the Dodgers, I'd like to see them not make the playoffs. Oh yeah, that's I. <laughs> that's that's a good some point. petty fan yeah. fandom right there. Yeah. The thing about the National League is every team is going to finish 90 and 72. All of them. Yeah. All of them. Okay. Pretty impressive. So, so, okay, so we will begrudgingly give the NL West race the number one slot. What's your number two slot? Uh, I think after that, you got to flop right over to the um, American League West. Yes. We're all West Coast here. Yes. Um, and with that one, um, as we were talking a little bit about the Athletic A's, they or the Athletics, they are, um, they're just playing really great baseball. Yes. And there's no other way around it. Um, and... Houston now at full power, maybe they're able to uh, make a bigger gap than the two and a half games that are separating them right now. But, um, I, you know, if Oakland keeps playing the way that they're playing, I, I don't see why any reason why this will not be tight all the way to the end. Yes. And, of course, you know, the Mariners, it seems like every week I want to say something positive about them. They have slipped now to eight games back, which is the wrong direction that they yes. want to be going. Yeah. Um, but still, those two top teams are going to make for a photo finish, as they say. Yeah, I'm excited about that. And these are good teams. These are uh, teams that are exciting to watch. Like you said, Oakland's got that late push. They've got Chris Davis. He's super exciting to watch. Uh does Piscotti play for Oakland now? I don't know why. You know who I'm talking about? Uh, Piscotti? Yeah. You mean like the... No, that's Piscotti. He's thinking about the Italian dessert bread. Oh, yeah. That's delicious. Yeah. It's good uh, coffee. Yeah. Uh, Oakland's just a fun, exciting team. And I'm not willing to bail on the Mariners quite yet. Um, I'm, I'm still kind of hoping that, that they... they uh, get something going. What I was going to say is all of those teams are really good. And I think that's important. If the Mariners, and we've talked a lot about this, the top heaviness of the American League. The Mariners are 74 and 59. So if they were in the NL West, they'd have a two and a half game lead over Arizona. That's right. Yeah. So... They're good, and these three teams are very fun to watch. And like I said, I think two weeks ago, I'm rooting for the team that wins. (laughs) That is the surest bet right there. (laughs) 
that is how you win. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm getting a little bit of an echo here, so I apologize. So who we got after that? I mean, the NL, the AL East is going to be exciting. Both of the other NL divisions, however, are also going to be interesting. What's your take on that? I am coming East Coast on number three with the American League East yeah. because, um, uh, well, quite frankly, I'm a homer yeah, fan right. and, and right. I care about it. Yeah. But there are some really interesting things that are happening here in this last 30 games. Or so, um, the Red Sox, beginning tomorrow, um, have four games against the White Sox, who, yeah. as we have said, um, are playing really well. Nobody. They uh, beat the Yankees two nights ago, lost in a walk-off yes. last night, and are, beating, and are beating them 4-1 to one tonight. So, uh, rooting for them today rooting against them for the next four days. But I think what's most interesting about the uh, AL East race is that the Red Sox, the rest of their season is no slouch. Right. Uh, they, after the White Sox, they have to play the Braves, Houston, Blue Jays, who just swept them, uh, the Mets, who we assume will be a bit of a throwaway series. But then they have to play the Yankees, Cleveland, uh, and then after a, a three-game series with the Orioles, finish it out against New York. So there is a lot of room in there, I think, for drama. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping that it doesn't get down to a nail-biter or to even be decided in that last series because I think I might not make it emotionally. <laughs> but, but... It, it could it could be very exciting. What's the status of Chris Sale? Because before we were kind of gloating that the Red Sox were pretending that he was hurt to rest him, save up innings so they can use him in the playoffs. If this division gets too tight, are we going to see a lot more of Chris Sale than you would want? Um, I think he probably will come back. Uh, either way before the end of the series, uh, the end of the season. I don't think that they, if if indeed they are holding him out because they want to give him added rest and they feel like they don't need him, I, if, if that indeed is the strategy, which of course they're not admitting is the strategy, right. but if that is the strategy, I think that bringing him, bringing him back to pitch raw in the postseason is not a good idea. That's so good. either way... I think he'll be back um, no matter what before the season ends out. What's a little bit scary is that today in this game against the Marlins, in the second inning or third inning, there was a lineback that knocked David Price out of the game. Um, And so he's considered day-to-day. He got nailed, though. You should check the replay. Uh, But he's been one of the better pitchers since the All-Star break. Right. uh, if we're down sale and price, that only uh, weakens our position. Never realized that you had a pitcher named Price and a pitcher named Sale. I mean, I didn't realize <laughs> that. <laughs> I didn't think about that either. <laughs> and then you got your closer half off. You know, set up, man. Yeah. Everything. And our catcher, Bogo. <laughs> everything must go. <laughs> Liquid liquidation say oh that's Chris Sale's new name liquidation Chris liquidation sale good at this uh one thing I just realized Eli based on our conversation last week JD Martinez leads the AL in batting average hey <laughs> no kid Mostly because Mookie Betts is in a slump, but uh, J.D. Martinez, 3.38, Mookie Betts, 3.36. No, and that's current because I think... That's what I'm looking at right now. Check it. I got... Is this... 
No, this is MLB. Motinez. Mookie's like three for three right now. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Damn. This might come down to the the end then. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe they did have that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And I was talking about for for those of you who didn't tune in the last couple of weeks, I've been talking about whether or not there's. Um, for lack of a better word, collusion going on within the <laughs> Boston Red Sox uh, clubhouse with uh, J.D. Martinez leading in both the RBIs and home runs category, but trailing or having until just recently been trailing Mookie Betts for the batting title. And of course, all three of them will give you uh, one of the finest awards in MLB. Um so, you know, maybe maybe again Brock Holt listened to the podcast and yeah. was like, hey, guys, you know what we didn't think about? Yeah. Because that's how he talks. But the it. outcome then is that you go four and six and the Yankees pick up three games on you. Right? Yeah. So, so Mookie, Mookie go into a slump and then, and then, oh, crap, we just lost a third of our lead in the division. Well, maybe they did it until they realized that they were struggling yeah. to beat the Miami Marlins. And then JD was like, okay, Mookie, this is stupid. Forget about it. Exactly. Mookie's like five for five with a home run today. Right. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. No, no, no. Brock Holt was like, no, no, no. Wait a minute. This is stupid. Forget about it. And that's how he lost Brock Holt as a listener. Because we gave, Sorry, Brock, yeah, we gave him the dumbass idea to have Mookie Betts purposefully go into a slump. <laughs> um, all right, uh, yeah, 14-6 now. The Red Sox are atop the Marlins. Um, a little bit more about the White Sox. So they've been on a a soak a, a relative tail. They'd won 10 out of 13. They had their first ever four-game winning streak. They won four consecutive series. So uh, I'm very happy. But in my habit of looking a gift horse in the mouth, those four series, two of them were against the Kansas City Royals. And if there's one thing I've learned about the White Sox is that they're pretty good at playing the Kansas City Royals. (laughs) So... (laughs) Which is, you know, fine. Like, it's better than not being good against the Kansas City Royals. <laughs> but a W is a W, right? A W is a W, exactly. The other two series were against the Twins and the Tigers. The Tigers, who we are chasing down. And we are going to catch the Tigers for that coveted third place AL Central spot. At 52 and 80. That is the spirit <laughs> yeah. right there, Joel. Yeah. Um, I think if we finish, well, damn, I'm thinking that suddenly, like, less than 100 losses is looking reasonable. For the White Sox? For the White Sox. I mean, 52 and 80, if we can, what is that? We have 30 games left. If we finish 500, we'll be a... Like 65, 95, 65, 95, yeah. Yeah. Other than what we thought was going to happen. <clears throat> All right. Um, Red Sox are rooting for 100 plus wins, and the White Sox are rooting for less than 100 losses. Well, yeah. Well, so we, so we probably won't be able to be friends this weekend, but. We're trying to help you guys out. We won, took the first one against the Yankees. I don't want to jinx yeah, it. Yeah, you need to stay strong in this game. Yeah, you're, we're you're up, up in the top four, of the eighth. Four-one in the eighth. Um, all right. So what have we not talked about? We're running out of time. We got about five minutes left. Uh, what else are we looking forward to? As as this is our last podcast for the month of August. Fall, autumn is coming. The leaves will start changing, except they won't because it's still 95 fucking degrees. Um, well, 
this is the most exciting time for baseball, really, is yes. the September. I mean, this is the end of the long slog that is the MLB baseball season. Um, and so this is where dreams are made and dreams are crushed. Yeah. Stars are born. <laughs> Old farts are forgotten. <laughs> this, is, this is where all the potatoes are worth. A darn. Potatoes are delicious. Um, okay. When do they expand rosters? Oh, I feel like that happens in like the last okay. week. But they can still two. sign players off of waivers, correct? Yeah. So, actually, oh, you know what we didn't talk about? Go. Um, our, one of the infamous dump on the ump Twitter followers Joey Bats right. was signed by who? Uh, not the Met, the Phillies. Yeah, that's the right. Phillies. Yeah. Yeah, he signed off of the 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 couch <laughs> eating potato <laughs> chips, uh, and is going to the Phillies. So that yeah. you know, hey. That's kind of exciting, right? We can right? see Joey Bats in the postseason. Yeah, I think that the guy, Phillies... That guy's played for like five teams this season, hasn't he? Yeah. Didn't he get dropped by like the Mets? Yeah, like he, was, he was with the Mets. dropped by the Mets, it's like time to retire, the you Mets? know? Oh, man. I guess Botolo Colon's not playing for the Mets. Here's my thing about the New York Mets. They should have gone all in. Once they realized that they actually sucked, they should have gone... All in on just being a clown call. They should have gotten Bartolo Cologne back. They should have promoted Team Tebow, Tim Tebow to the bigs. They should have gotten Jose Bautista. They should have fucking signed Deion Sanders and like Dale fucking Strawberry to play outfield. Uh, like, they, that would have sold some tickets right there. <laughs> did Don Mattingly? I would go to watch that clown show. Right, yeah. Is Don Mattingly still managing? Because if he's available, he could catch. Uh, and then, like, fucking Randy Johnson and Randy, like, Macho Man Savage will, would be the closer. Rand, Randy Johnson would make him too good. You can't put him on the list. <laughs> right? Then, oh, man, the Mets would be the hottest ticket in Queens. It would be amazing. They would finally yeah. get more people to go to Mets games and to that strip club down the street from Shea Stadium, a.k.a. City Field. City Field. <laughs> yeah, people are still going to Shea Stadium being like, oh, the Mets played here. 54-year-old Randy Johnson would be too good. Yeah, do you, how, fast, how fast of a fastball do you think 54-year-old Randy Johnson can throw? It's a good question. You know, I think that actually after a while you just lose it. Like, uh, you know, Dennis Eckersley, who's obviously a Hall of Famer and was a longtime pitcher for the Red Sox, has been doing a lot of the commentating for Nesson, which is yeah. the flagship I like, podcast. Yeah, I like it when he's on. Uh, yeah, he's, he's insightful. He knows a shitload about pitching, obviously. And he... Uh, he really holds no punches. Like, he'll just yeah. be like, oh, that sucked. <laughs> Which has actually run him into some trouble with some of the Red Sox players who with thin skin. But, oh, yeah, I forgot um, about that. Yeah. Was but, that Price? Did Price take take umbrage with him? Yeah. Yeah. David Price yeah. got real sensitive because he said that he was soft or something, which he was and is. <laughs> uh, but... My the the my point what I'm getting to is that he said on air the other day that he can't he can't even throw it to home plate. Oh wow! And I, I don't know that if he was suck. being serious or not, but he's yeah. not he he's not a big joker like right. he doesn't joke around a lot. So and he just said I can't my arm just won't even let me throw the ball anymore. So I wonder at what point you know if you don't keep it up if you're not regularly at it at what age it just is like. You don't throw overhand anymore, buddy. Yeah. Or, you know, conversely... He's much older than Randy Johnson. 
Sure, but conversely, if you throw, what, 2,000 pitches a year for 15 years, your arm, is, your arm just dies. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a doctor, but that sounds plausible. <laughs> Eli, we're going to have to have a whole side podcast of Eli is not a doctor. Eli is not a manager of a baseball team. <laughs> Eli is not a mathematician. <laughs> things that Eli is not. It's most things, yeah. actually. <laughs> uh, okay, last question. For the Red Sox, all right, so you're coming in into the, the home stretch, hanging on to a six-and-a-half game lead. The Yankees still don't have Judge back. Fucking Gary Sanchez is stuck in Wilkes-Barre still, which is hilarious. Yeah. (laughs) Um, What individual who is not actually a baseball player would the Red Sox want to sign to put them over the top in this division race? Like any athlete or just anybody? Any athlete, celebrity, famous person, just not currently a baseball player. That is a fun question. <laughs> what person would the Red Sox add right now to put them over the top of clinching the division? Yeah. Um. Well, athlete. You know, I want to say LeBron James, sure, but sure, sure, sure. then, then like. I think about that, and all anyone would yeah. in any sport for the rest of time would ever talk about is that time LeBron James played baseball. <laughs> so, and all the Boston Boston fans Boston fans don't take kindly to LeBron James. <laughs> they might have something to say about that. I, I just feel like I already hear too much about it. You know? <laughs> so I'm gonna rescind that. Sure. Sure. I feel like I feel like it would need to be like a, for athletics, like a a, a basketball player yeah. would now, be better could you, than a football player. Could you get Usain Bolt, who's who's trying to get a, a career in soccer? Could you teach Usain Bolt to lay down a bunt and uh, then get to first? Like sure. all you gotta do. Or just a pinch run. Oh, just a pinch run, yeah. Just have him steal bases. Like 90 feet, man. That's easy. Yeah, just like, you know, walk and then be like, okay, Usain Bolt's not running for this guy. And we'll just take the run now if you want. He gets like 16 steals a game. You know what? Hockey players. I bet you hockey players translate well to batters because oh, yeah. they're just like ridiculously like compactly strong, you know? Right. And they got good balance and hand-eye coordination, yeah. and those are like all the things you need. Yeah. yeah. To hit well. Yeah, that's a good call. So maybe like sober yeah. Alex Ovechkin. Uh, yeah, sober. <laughs> no, fuck that. Drag- Drag- Alex Drag- Ovechkin. Drag- that's who I want on my team. <laughs> because not only will he contribute physically with his strength, he'll probably keep things pretty light yeah. inside the ball. <laughs> you gotta have fun, you know. It yeah. can't all be it right. can't all be serious. Right. That's what baseball is about. Hey, awesome. Alright, ladies and gentlemen. Uh we're at one hour four minutes right now. Thank you so much for listening to us. This has been dump on the ump. Um, check us out on SoundCloud or Apple iTunes. Give us a rating or a review. Uh, tell your friends about us. It's gonna be fun. We're gonna keep. We gotta keep this up. September, October. We're not giving up. We're not gonna go silent. Right when the World Series starts. Oh, Eli. Okay, I, I was gonna wait until Sam came back, but here's my fear. We have to keep podcasting throughout the fall. I don't want to do that podcast after the Boston Red Sox lose Game 7. 
of any what? series. <laughs> I'm rooting for you guys. I'm rooting for you guys. What are you even saying? <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I may have to do that one by myself, is what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, that's going to be one long monologue. <laughs> Wait, that's not happening. That's right, not no, it's happening. not happening. So just... That's not happening. World Series champs. Boston Red Sox. It, it, it's going to happen. Um, we walked on and we will walk off to Mark Anthony. I played this because the uh, White Sox game I went to last month against Kansas City, uh, I, I was writing down every walk-on song that the Sox came on to, and then my phone died. Like, like. My phone is dead. I have a new phone now, but I didn't get the notes. But I swear to fucking God, half of the Chicago White Sox walked on to Mark Anthony's song, which is cool. I'm totally yeah. cool with that. I was just this is a hot track. It's a hot track. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, thank you very much for listening to us. Have a good evening and a pleasant tomorrow. Yeah.